You should be excited tonight. God bless you. God bless you. I'm excited to be here, Impact. Let me tell you something. We've been with you guys in the park, praising the Lord. We brought the new, in, new year in with this beautiful family, praise the Lord. And now tonight we're celebrating Good Friday with you. So I read off our brief history to let you know, Impact Church, we've been together three times now. We are officially dating. I, I, I just wanted to throw that out there as a disclaimer. I mean, we're pretty much together now. So since we're dating, can we just give God a praise and unity? Because he got up from the grave. He conquered death. Can I get a little more volume? He conquered death so that you and I could live. We came here tonight on this Good Friday to celebrate God sending his son Jesus. We didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it. For those of you who think you deserved it, I came to give you some bad news. You should have been dead. You should have lost your mind. But because he lives, he kept you in perfect peace. How many of you are a witness that he'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him? Somebody give God glory. Somebody give God a shout of victory. While we're in this vein, I had a conversation with your awesome pastor, Pastor Jamin. Give him a hand. He's an awesome, awesome man of God. And you want to know something? What I love about your pastor is that he's authentic. He's genuine. He loves God. He has no agenda. All his agenda is, is building the kingdom. And I met your pastor years ago. Matter of fact, right before Papa Gerald passed away. And we've been building our relationship ever since. And I told my wife, I said, what I love about Pastor Jamin, and we talked about this, I said, he's the type of pastor that is not territorial. Y'all quiet in here. Because there's so many pastors that are so territorial that they're hard to fellowship and work with. But your pastor has a genuine love for God. And because of that, it is my honor, it is my privilege, Pastor Jamin, to be here with you tonight. And with that being said, he was actually in my prayer time last week. I was praying that the Lord would have his way in this service. And the Lord spoke to me. And I saw Pastor Jamin in a vision with his hands outstretched and he was crying on his knees. And then I saw a multitude of people standing behind him and they were pointing their hands toward him. Now it could have been you, I don't know who it was, but just because we're here, I need you all to point your hands toward this man of God. Because, the, because of the stand 
that he's taking in this city because he is unapologetically unafraid to speak the unadulterated word of God there are some demons and devils that are waiting to see him fall but in the vision that I saw there was a multitude of people behind you with their hands stretched forward waiting just in case you needed some strength to hold you up now we are in a spiritual battle impact church harvest of faith hear me the Bible tells us that when Moses was standing on the mountain when the people were going to battle they started losing when the shepherd got tired and could not hold his hands up but then the interesting thing is is that things turned around when his people held his arms up then all of a sudden the tide changed what am I saying I'm glad you asked impact church cannot fully make an impact unless you hold the man of God up when he is weary unless you hold the man of God up when he's tired I know that a lot of us feel like the pastor is Superman and that he does not get tired but the fact of the matter is he's bivocational he has a family he has children he has more responsibilities than just you Uh oh I might have made somebody upset but he told me to make myself at home we go together so I'm on the couch I'm chilling We've got to understand the importance of praying for our leadership. He does not need you to be fighting against him, but he needs you to fight with him. He needs you to go to bat with him. So just for the next 30 seconds, I need everybody in this place to open up your mouth and speak life, speak strength, speak abundance, speak more than enough over this man of God. You got 30 seconds. Let's do it. Open your mouths. We speak it now, God. Give Pastor Jamin your knowledge. Give him your wisdom. Give him your understanding. Build him up where he's torn down. Touch his wife. Touch his family. Let their unit, let it be stronger than ever. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. The blood of Jesus is against you. We come against every power, every principality, every devil, every demon that tries to come against this ministry. We speak life into this man of God. We speak strength into this man of God. Satan, you lost. The victory belongs to us. The victory is ours. You should have took us out a long time ago, but you allowed us to make it to this night. So we serve notice on the enemy. Impact is going to be greater. They're going to higher heights. Their pastor will be greater. He will have more power. He will have more authority. If you believe that, I need you to say it is so and clap your hands like you believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just believe in speaking life into other pastors. If we don't pray for each other, who will? Every time me and Pastor Jamin get off the phone before we hang up, he always says, Pastor, let me pray for you. And I told my wife one time, I said, I, I want to try to beat him to it sometimes I said but he's quick to the draw but he told me tonight he said you're at home and I thought to myself I said Lord I got the mic so now I'm gonna beat him to it 
and y'all help me. So they were in on it too, Pastor Jay. God bless you tonight. God bless you. God bless you. Impact Church, Harvest of Faith. Amen. I just want to just say I thank God for my church. We have been open a little bit, coming up on a year now, our first year. Anniversary is coming. And I just thank God. God is so awesome. He's so good. I just thank God for all that he's doing in our ministry. And I'm excited for what he has for our future. And I'm excited for our future date nights, Impact Church, that we're going to have in the future. I would be remiss if I did not honor the woman of God that holds me up when I'm tired. She rubs my head. She rubs my feet when I have lotion on them. Amen. I'm speaking of none other than my wife, Sister Suri Berry. God bless you. God bless you. I love her. I love her. My children, Sarai and Faith, I love you. My unofficial daughter, Trenice, I love you. Amen. God bless you. My niece, Maya, God bless you. And to all of you, I just want to, for a few minutes, if I may, your pastor told me to take my time. So who will give me five minutes? Five minutes. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30. Okay, cool. Everybody gave me five minutes, so I got an hour. All right, cool. <laughs> Amen. But I want you, if for a second, I want to draw your attention to the book of Mark. And we're going to read chapter 15, verses 16 through 20. Again, the book of Mark, chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 16 through 20. And when you have it, there's something that I do at my church that because we're here and we're family and we're dating and all of this stuff, I'm going to have you guys do it with me. Once you have the word, can you hold it up in the air? We do something at our church. I said, once you have it, I said, I want you to wave your Bible in the air. And then normally my grandmother says it every Sunday, but since she's not here, Harvest, what are they supposed to do? And act like you just don't care. Amen. Amen. Repeat after me. Say the word of the Lord is a true word. It will change my life. And I will be changed. Amen. The word of the Lord reads, and I'm reading out of the New International Version. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace. That is the Praetorium. And they called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him, and when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put on his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. I'm just going to take a little few seconds just to talk about, or just to ask a question, I should say, and I want you to help me because some of your neighbor may not, you know, know the answer to this, but just ask the person next to you, say, what's good? about Friday. That's the subject that I'm taking for just a few moments. What's good about Friday? The scriptures that we just read give us a description of a suffering Jesus that endured many things 
before the cross. Jesus, as we can imagine, when he was beaten, his face was swollen. His eyes were swollen. His lips were busted. His eyes blackened and his nose bloodied by abusive Roman soldiers who were anxious to punish an insurrectionist. They were anxious, and you may take your seats if you want to. If you can stand, you might be standing in a few minutes anyway, but you can stand with me. I love it. But they beat him. They did so many things to our Lord and Savior. Pilate had ordered him to be flogged. And the way Pastor Jamin, the Bible describes how they beat him and how they ripped his beard out of his face and how they set the crown of thorns on him and twisted it into his head. It makes me ask a question to God. What's so good about Friday? I know that when we talk about Friday, oftentimes we think about the weekend. We think about going home, getting under the covers, turning on a nice show, turning on a nice movie, relaxing with your loved ones. That's a good Friday. A good Friday can represent us being off work today with pay. Amen. That's a good Friday. Knowing that the next day you don't have to do anything but wake up and make some breakfast. That's a good Friday. But in the scriptures that we read and we understand what happened to Jesus, it boggles me because I wonder why would we call a day that was probably the worst day of our Savior's life a good day? It makes absolutely no sense. The things that they did to him were intentional. They were cruel because they hated him. I was watching ID Channel. If you guys get to know me, you'll know I love watching ID Channel. I love the mysteries about it. I love solving the cases. I feel like I'm a certified detective. I might dust for prints after service. Amen. But I was watching this one particular episode talking about a young lady that was living in a small town that had come home to her from, her, from school and went to her apartment and then later the next day, one of her roommates found her and she was stabbed to death. And one of the interesting things that the detective said when they went and investigated the scene is they said, judging by how she was stabbed and how many times you can tell that whoever did this did not like this person. They said, you can tell that whoever did this, it was intentional. And so I said that to say this, they beat our Savior so badly that the Bible says that they disfigured his face. They beat him beyond recognition. They were intentional about what they did to our Savior. The Lord's told me to stop by the impact and let you know tonight the enemy is intentional with trying to destroy you and it is up to you to hold on to Jesus and trust that he'll see you through because the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So when I think about a good Friday, I want to give us this quick thought, if I may. Are you guys with me? 
it's easy for us to look forward to Friday because like I said, it represents the end of the week. It's easy to say good things about Friday. Unlike Monday, when we have to wake up and resume another rigorous week. But one thing that I want us to understand here tonight is that all of the things that Jesus had to endure before going to the cross was not for him, but it was for you and for me. You and I, as blood-bought Christians, should have been on trial for the things that Jesus was wrongfully accused of. Now imagine what kind of Friday Jesus was having when he asked the disciples to pray with him and they fell asleep because they had just eaten and the itis set in. Imagine the pain that Jesus was feeling in his last moments knowing that two of his disciples that he had just broken bread with were one was going to betray him and the other was going to deny ever knowing him. Imagine what Jesus was feeling on this Friday. What is good about feeling like nobody loves you? What's good about knowing the 12 men that have followed you for three long years, saw you open blind eyes and unclog deaf ears and walk on water, and yet it wasn't enough to keep them faithful to you until the very end. What's good about Friday when the very men that said, Lord, we'd never betray you, the very men that said, we'll follow you all the way to court, but when his court date came and he looked in the crowd, none of his friends were there with him. Impact Church Harvest of Faith, beware of people that are with you as long as you're giving them something. Beware of people that are with you as long as you're feeding them and pouring into them. But when you need them, they're nowhere to be found. Beware of people. that are with you when you're up and hide when you need them the most. Imagine what Jesus was feeling in these last moments, knowing that his friend Judas had betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver, and today it's only worth $237. People will betray you nowadays for a stick of bubble gum if it means that they look good and you look bad. So what in the world is good about a Friday when I've been beat up, when I've been spit upon? And can we pause right there? I often wonder how Jesus felt in that moment when not only he was beaten and mocked, but when he was spit upon. You can do a lot of things to me, Pastor Jamin. I can take a lot of things impact. But to spit on me is the lowest thing that you could ever do to an individual. It just goes to show how much the enemy hated Jesus, that he would spit in the very face of the Savior. 
people right now have been spitting in your face for years because they cannot stand the God in you that irritates the demons in them. People have been spitting in your face for years because they can't stand how you keep on pressing and keep on pressing toward the mark of a higher call. People cannot stand the fact that you love God the way you do, that you worship him the way you do. They can't stand it. So I imagine how Jesus could have felt in that moment when people spat on him. Now somebody in here tonight may be saying, well, pastor, Jesus spat on somebody too, and you're absolutely right. But the only difference in when Jesus spat was it was to open blinded eyes. So imagine the very people that watched him spit on somebody to open a blind man's eyes are now spitting on him because their eyes are closed. Jesus spit on a man to open his eyes. But the people spit on Jesus because their eyes were closed and they were blind to the fact that the person they were spitting on was about to go to the cross for the people that did not even deserve his love and his mercy. What is good about Friday? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Bible tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of guess what our peace was upon his shoulders and with his stripes we are healed now I want you to notice something in this scripture that I just read in Isaiah 53 everything in this scripture is pertaining to us he was wounded for what our transgressions the Bible doesn't say for his transgressions then it says he was bruised for what our iniquities I know that some of you think you don't sin I know that some of you have a cape and you are super saints and you don't know what it's like to have a bad day but for those of us who know what it's like to be wounded, to be in our sin, where we don't see a way out, but Jesus came so that he could put on his shoulders what we could not bear. That is what's good about Friday, is that I didn't deserve heaven. I deserve to go to hell but he was bruised so that I wouldn't go. I should be dead. I should have lost my mind, but they put the crown on his head so that I wouldn't lose my mind. I should have thrown my hands up and gave up a long time ago, but they nailed his hands so that I could raise my... That is what's... That is what's good about Friday. It gave Jesus great pleasure to go to the cross for you and for me. Some of us in here won't even go to the store for our neighbor. 
some of us won't even help our neighbor up when we see them down but it took strength for Jesus to die for people that were shooting dice over his clothes it took a strong savior to be able to stay on the cross as long as he did and still witness to a thief can I share with you one more thing and I might be done Isaiah 53 and 10 reads this it says it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer wait a minute pastor hold up wait a minute what do you mean it was the Lord's will for his son to be crushed and cause him to suffer. I'm glad you asked. So many times in the church, Pastor Jamin, and Lady Becker, we are so used to the Lord blessing us and giving us flowers and making everyday sunshine, no rain, but then we often coddle away and shy away when it's our time to be crushed. I know that it's God's will for you to be blessed. All of us know how to respond when it's our time to be blessed. We wave our hands, we kick our feet up, we do all of these things, but how are you going to respond when it is your time to be crushed? How are you going to respond when God allows your enemy to wound you? Are you going to cry in defeat or are you going to shout in victory? Well, pastor, y'all got a lot of questions tonight. This is not Bible class, but I'll take it. Well, pastor, how in the world would such a righteous God allow us that love him to be crushed and he says that he loves us. I'm so glad you asked. In order for us to get the oil, the oil representing your anointing, God sent me over here to impact to tell you that he has to allow you to be crushed in order that the oil may run out of your body. In order that that anointing that has been locked up on the inside of you will come oozing out. You ought to be thanking God that he chose you to crush. On this Good Friday, now that we know that it pleased God to see his son be crushed but he knew that in order for the process to be complete that the anointing that was lying inside of Jesus had to flow into you and I and it could not come any other way but by the crushing. Some of us in here tonight don't understand what somebody is sitting next to us anointing cost them. Some of us can sing really well. Some of us can pray really well. Some of us can play instruments really well. And there are people that are jealous of your anointing but if they knew what it cost, if they knew the crushing if they knew the beatings that you had to take they wouldn't want it
is what's good about Friday is that Jesus thought enough of every last one of us in this room to say even though I know Pastor Jamin is going to mess up even though I know Pastor James is going to mess up he said I still am willing to be embarrassed to be humiliated to be talked about I still am willing Jesus took a look at the cross he took a look back at us he took a look at the cross again and he still decided that you were worth it I need everybody in this place that knows that you have value that knows that God thought that you were worth it I know that you're not perfect I know that you've made mistakes I know that you feel like you weren't good enough but God sees you as victorious God sees you as a winner God sees you as more than a conqueror so on this Good Friday I need us in this place to celebrate Jesus for what he's done open your mouth and give God glory open your mouth and give God praise because it's a good day somebody say it's a good day impact you all in the next three months are about to be tested and crushed like never before some of you right now are already feeling the pressure some of you under the sound of my voice right now You've been going through tests and you've been going through trial and you've been feeling like giving up. And you said, Lord, I can't take anymore. Lord, I feel like you're stretching me too hard. But can I share with you something? Anybody that knows anything about archery knows that in order for the arrow to hit the target that the archer is looking at, you must be stretched. I wish somebody heard me in here. The reason why you are being stretched impact is not because God can't stand you. It's not because he doesn't love you, but it is because there's a target that you have to hit in this city and you won't be able to hit it unless you let him. Well, pastor, how do I stretch to him? What do I have to do? What does it look like to stretch? There's a song that says, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. And then it says, no other help that I know. I don't care what your mother said, your father said, your children, there is only one help that can get you out of the situation you're in. But God wants to know, are you willing to be stretched? And guess what? When he releases you, things that 
took other churches years to accomplish. God is going to do it in impact, in half. Y'all don't know how to celebrate. He's going to do it in half the time because you allowed yourself to be stretched. You allowed yourself to be pressed. You've allowed yourself to be crushed. I've got to go to my seat, but I need about 20 people to give God a shout of praise like you know it's on the way. Like you know it's on the way. It's already done. It's all. Somebody shout. Somebody shout. Oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord. Let's exalt his name together. It's a good Friday. It's a good Friday. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. There's benefits to being stretched. There's benefits to being... Just with every hand raised, just for a moment. Throw them up there high. Throw it up there really high. You let the enemy know. Because he's trying to keep you oppressed, depressed, repressed for too long with our hands stretched up high. I want you to prophesy to this season right now and declare, harvest of faith, declare in this season of stretching. We will hit the targets. Impact Church, in this season of stretching, we will hit the target. Rejoice Ministries, in this season, we're being stretched, but we will hit the targets. All my students from Olivet, Nazarene, we're being stretched, but we're gonna hit the targets. The hands raised high. Father, I thank you that what is happening now, even in this moment, is a revelation, a revelation of what made Friday so good. Because Pastor Barry, when I look at that tree right there, I see a bloody carpenter stretched out, <laughs> arms stretched wide, so that black men and white men and Latinos, male and female, no matter my financial status or political background, we can stand here tonight unified as the body of Jesus Christ. Somebody take a moment and let the enemy know he was stretched so I could be present in this moment. Hey! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to.
not my time yet. Not my time yet. But I just want to serve notice on the kingdom of darkness. That in 2023, where there is still racial division, racial hatred, racial problems all over the planet, in this place, we are unified by something called the blood. <laughs> the blood. The bl I'll get on that in just a minute, Pastor. But can you just throw up your hands and just for 30 more seconds just tell God thank you for the unifying power that is in the blood. There is neither slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, black nor white nor Hispanic nor Asian nor any, male nor female, nothing other than us as the body. We are one, one through Jesus Christ our Lord. Not just in this mode of worship, with our hands raised, Father, we ask, we ask that this word that Pastor James just ministered would open up our, our understanding to what makes Friday good. Whew. He was stretched so you and I could be accepted. And I feel tonight, Pastor Barry, even as you said those words, bruised for our iniquities. You see the color of Pastor Barry's dust, it's just a little darker than mine. But the same thing that flows under that dust is the same thing that flows under mine. And he was bruised for what flows, not on the external, that's what he was wounded for. He was bruised for what's on the inside. And it's in these moments of worship right now. I love this about worship, Pastor Barry, because if there's anything that levels the playing field in church, when we are all on the equal level, is when we get to throw up our hands and worship. Because it's in these moments I recognize, I need a savior. You need a savior. And man is not worthy of worship, regardless of the color of their dust. Only the king of kings is worthy tonight. So as the team comes back, I want to invite you to throw up your hands real high and just begin, before we even sing a note, Let's level the playing field in here. And let's worship our great king. Let's worship for the sacrifice. Let's worship that a debt was owed, Pastor Barry, and I couldn't pay it. An eternal debt was owed, Dad, and I, I didn't have enough in my accounts to draw from. But an innocent man, 2,000 years ago, and I love this term, it's a biblical term, redeemed me from my sins. Redeeming is a, it's a financial term, meaning he paid what I owed. So as we worship tonight, let's level this playing field. We're kind, of, we're kind of old school in this. If you want to come out of your seat and join us at the front and worship, we want to invite you to do so. Come and worship the Lord with us tonight. Now just for 10 more seconds, can you give him a sound of glorious, thunderous praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Yes, God. Yes, God. 
just for a moment. I will have you be seated here quickly. I'm not going to be long. Are you thankful for the ministry of Pastor James Berry, Lady Berry, and our, amen, our Harvest of Family, our Harvest of Faith family. I'm thankful for their lives. Pastor, thank you for your genuine heart, your genuine nature. That brother's godly, ladies and gentlemen. He's godly. I thank God for him. Amen. I want to make sure that everyone has received, that wants to, everyone has received uh, one of those cups for communion tonight. If you've wanted to partake in communion with us, we want to make sure you have those cups. If you did not get a cup and you'd like to participate in communion, can you just raise your hand? We just want to make sure that we, we find it. Keep the hand raised. Keep the hand raised. We want to make sure that we keep the hand raised because we'll get this around to you. I am honored here tonight to have my, uh, my family, and, and not just my Harvest of Faith family, my, my, my parents, Pastor Jeff and Barb Becker from Rejoice Ministries in Chicago here. I'm honored to have uh, members of Restoration Church with Pastor Manny Revere. I, I love my family. I'm thankful for my family. Amen. Pastor James did not know that uh, I was going to preach the, the chapter right before him. So, <laughs> second time we've done this, God, God knows what's going on. Did you have your Bibles, your cell phones, however you, you dig into the word Mark? He said 15, I'm going to say Mark 14. Mark 14. <laughs> God knows what he's doing. Here's how it reads. Again, keep your hand raised. If you did not get communion, we want to make sure you receive that. Keep your hand up. We want to make sure you receive that. We're, we're bringing it around the room. Mark 14. It says this in verse 22. We know this as the Last Supper. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And likewise, he took a cup and gave thanks to God for it, and he gave it to them, and they drank from it. And he said to them, This is, everyone say these next two words with me, My blood. This is my blood. King James says of the new covenant. The new covenant. The NLT says it like this. The covenant between God and his people. And it is poured out for many. If you'll just humor me for just a few moments, and I will be quick about this. When I think about the blood, Pastor James, anatomically speaking, really there is nothing like the blood in our body. It is essential to life. I look, look at the things about the blood that just are, are, are so revelatory and so unique. It's the blood that carries fuel and oxygen to the billions of cells in our bodies. It's the blood that supplies our brains and our hearts with the necessary nourishments to function. It's, it's the blood that keeps us warm. It's, it's the blood that fights off infection. It's the blood that helps us forgive and get rid of waste. <laughs> it's, but more importantly than that, it's the blood that is our very identity because our DNA is located in the blood. So when I think of the blood, there are many things that come to mind. And I say this reverently, I say this carefully because I recognize that Americans, we get offended by blood. Our, our minds go to things like Halloween or worse, the gang violence in our cities. The, 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 the mass shootings, like, they even take place in Christian schools as they did in Nashville. Our, our minds go to the places of, of genocide and, and murder. And, 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 and when I think about it, the, it makes sense why ultimately we, were, we are offended by blood. 
But then I look at this book right here. And I realize that this book right here is obsessed with blood. <laughs> We're offended. This is obsessed. I'm a new, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a King James boy. I, I preach anymore from NLT, but I grew up on King James. Okay. Now, nobody really speaks the vowels and the shouts much anymore, but, but I, I grew up on KJV. And KJV tells me that 447 times the word blood is found in King James. So to say I'm offended, I, I need to pause for a moment as a believer and realize Scripture is obsessed with things that offend us. In fact, Pastor Barry, the Bible has been called the bloodiest religious book in all of human history. And for good reason, Pastor Jeff. From the beginning to the end, this book is drenched in blood. From the fall of Adam and Eve, a blood sacrifice was implied when God killed an animal and then covered them with that animal's skin. From the moment the blood of the lamb was applied to the doorpost, we knew the, the death angel had to pass over the children of Israel. To the blood that was shed constantly during the sacrificial rituals of the Mosaic law. To the blood that was spilled during the wars of Joshua and Gideon and David. To the bloody ministry of the prophet Elijah. To the woman with the issue of blood. To the ear that was cut off the servant named Malchus. To Calvary itself. To the book of Acts and every single apostle that was beaten and bloodied and martyred this is a bloody book to the book of revelation pastor barry chapter 19 i saw heaven open standing there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true with justice he judges and wages war his eyes are like a blazing fire and on his head are many crowns he has a name written on him that no one knows but himself and he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of god this bible is bloody now, hold on. I, I got to get to my point. We associate blood with death. As Christians, we associate blood with sin and death. Romans 6, for the wages of sin is death. There's the blood. But our Pastor Barry just tell me a few minutes ago, he came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. But though the wages, the price for sin is blood and death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, your Lord. So the only way to resuscitate something that is dying is to infuse it with something that's alive, to infuse it with life. And that's why the scriptures are so obsessed with something called blood, because God is so obsessed with something called life. Leviticus 17, 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. <laughs> and I have given it to you upon the altar, God says, to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So equating blood with life will not only change the way I think about the Bible. Equating blood with life will challenge the way I think about my God. 
Pastor Jeff, the animals that God killed to provide covering for Adam and Eve, after they sinned, were not a covering of death. They were a covering of life. Something died so that something else could live. When I think of the lamb's blood that was applied to the doorpost of the Hebrew people during the time of the Passover, that was not just a lamb dying. That was protection of the blood so that those inside could live when death passed over. According to Hebrews chapter 9, and this is what we're getting into now for communion, verse 22. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no forgiveness. There is no removal of sin. Tell somebody next to you right now, that was the old blood covenant. That was the old blood covenant. But now shake them just a moment and let them know but we've got a new covenant and it's better we've got a new covenant and it's greater we've got a new covenant and it's bloody but it's bloody better just like Adam just like Moses we've been given a covering We've been given protection. We have been given atonement. We have been given purification. We have been given forgiveness. How? By the blood. And this blood is better. Someone say it's better. It's better. It's better. This blood completely dissolves my guilt and my shame. This blood completely protects me from all the power of the enemy. This blood right here allows me to have daily communion with my heavenly Father. This blood has made us all one in Christ Jesus. Pastor Barry, this blood didn't just save my life. This blood completely transformed my DNA. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This is what it means to be born again. I used to have an old DNA, a sinful DNA, a selfish DNA, a prideful DNA, a racist DNA, but then I got this new DNA called the blood of the Son, Jesus Christ, and oh, behold, all things have been passed away. New DNA. Everything becomes brand new. Stand your feet with me all over this room. Because I came to serve notice on the devil. Satan, you've come against me. You've come against our health. You've come against our families. You've come against our finances. Satan, you've come against our, our callings, our anointings, our futures. But I came to serve blood against Satan. You've come against me, but I've got something that is against you. And it is called the blood of the Son. That's why Revelation chapter 12 tells me I overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Power is in the blood. Deliverance is in the blood. In this house, real quick, in this house, we can bear witness to how we have seen deliverance happening in this house. Pastor Barry, we are casting demons out of people, not just here in church. We're doing it over the phone. We're going to do it next week at the movie theater because they've been coming out in Jesus' name. There is victory in the blood. There is healing in the blood. There, I don't mean to offend you, but I kind of do. There is life in this thing you see as death. The blood of 
Jesus. And here's what I want to ask you to do before we take communion together. I want to teach you how to learn. What, past, what, what I heard Nadia saying, what Pastor Barry saying, I want to teach you how to plead the blood. Just for a moment, think of your family and say, Satan, the blood is against you. My family is covered in the blood. Come on, all sicknesses is covered in the blood. Come on, my property is covered in the blood. My ministry is covered in the blood. My anointing is covered in the blood. My dreams and goals and plans are covered in the blood. My business is covered in the blood. I came to serve notice on every generational curse, every bit of generational ignorance, all sin and struggle and addiction. The blood of Jesus is against you. The blood. All right, I, I got to get to this. I have to teach you to don't sit there silent when the enemy comes in like a flood. Pastor Barry, don't plead the fifth. Plead the blood. I speak the blood. The blood. Dev, I'm reminded of something that dad taught me when I was a kid. Would you be free of the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you over a sin, a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wondrous working power in the blood of the Lamb. I'll say it again because that's how the song did it. There is power, power, wondrous working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Let me illustrate this real quick. I, I promise I'll do this community thing. I just got to illustrate this. I feel good. Nadia was saying, I was trying to get a revelation about the blood. So Nadia, I caught this revelation for you. Okay. I was thinking about the blood, Brett. I was thinking about, help, Lord, help me understand the power of the blood. And it's springtime, Pastor. Very soon, the flowers will bloom. The, the leaves will be out. The, the, the smell of new life in the air. But my daddy taught me something as a kid. Along with all that, that beautiful grass, come some weeds. And my daddy would make me weed stuff. He wasn't cruel, but he'd make me, and I hated it. I hated it. I know you did. But I hated the weeds. I love the beauty of life, but along with it came some weeds. What has that got to do with the power of the blood? Had my daddy known about something called roundup roundup pastor barry instead of bending over for hours pulling up those weeds out of his garden i could have just taken a moment and applied some roundup to the weed and here's what it says kills the roots guaranteed what has that got to do with the blood? I rejoice that the blood has covered my past sin. Everything I've done wrong, everything I've fought, everything I've said, everywhere I've been, the blood has completely covered my past. But I need you to know this about the blood. The blood didn't just stop what you one time were. The blood kills it at its roots. And the blood keeps it from growing. And not just what I've been forgiven of, Pastor Barry, I've been forgiven of the things I could have been. The blood removed the power of the almost in my life. This is the power 
well leave it so you can see it the wondrous work and power of the blood and my parents taught me as a child him after him after him after him after him and I couldn't help but think dad that as I thought about these hymns I'm reminded time and time again every one of those hymns about the blood are not hymns of defeat they're not hymns of death every single hymn about the blood is a song of victory somebody just for a moment you know what I'm talking about. Satan put something in your life because he thought maybe if I plant it in their flesh, it'll manifest. But the blood was greater and the blood was applied and it didn't just stop what you one time were. It completely destroyed what you could have been. Throw up your hands for just a moment and praise him for the blood. The blood. There is victory in that blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb are you fully trusting in his grace this hour are you washed in the blood of the lamb oh victory in jesus my savior forever why because he he shot me he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me and i knew him and all my love is to him he plunged me to victory where but Beneath his cleansing blood. And I got to do it, Pastor. And then I'll do communion. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Say, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hey, hey, amen, amen. All right, now we'll take communion. Amen. All right, I got that out of my system. Praise the Lord. Open that up. You peel off that top layer. There's a little tasteless wafer that reminds us of how tasteless sin really is. I said how tasteless your current struggle really is. That's why you keep going back because it never satisfies. This represents the body that was broken so that you can taste and see that the Lord is good. I thought Pastor James was going to preach my message a minute ago, Dad, and so I, I was like, oh, Lord, hold them up. Hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. But, but Pastor, you said this about the crushing. The, the crushing is so important that we, we see in this season what God is really doing in the crushing. Because the scriptures say that he took the bread. Yes. And he first blessed it. And then he... Pastor, you were hitting it on the head. I want the blessings. Give me, open up the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings so that I don't even have room to contain it all. But he didn't stop at blessing it. He broke it. 
Pastor Barry, this is our lives in this season. Someone bear witness to this truth. He has taken you. He has blessed you. He's broken you so that he can give you, give you, give you to those in need. As we take this right now, we realize, Pastor Jeff, it's in the crushing that the anointing begins to flow. The myrrh had to be crushed so the oil could flow. What is happening now is God, I believe, is giving you revelation. If you will listen, he's giving you revelation to the breaking of Christ's body. And even in your broken state right now, you can be healed and whole. As we get ready to take this, I speak healing to your mind. I rebuke the power of depression and anxiety and worry and fear. I rebuke the power of every manipulating, deceiving spirit that has made you believe you are less than, kept you insecure, kept you bound, kept you always looking over your shoulder about what once was. God is saying today, it's in this breaking of the body of my son that your mind can be whole, that your heart can be healed. And today you can leave this place tonight no longer worrying about the future. You can rejoice in the fact he was broken so you can be healed and whole. We thank you for your broken body, Lord Jesus. It is blessed. It is broken and given to us. We receive it now as an act of worship. And really, I'm going to give you the couple moments you need right now when you are ready. Receive the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. this next part means that I've got a new covenant can I just take a moment this is just me and God thank you Lord for a new covenant because I've read the old one and I couldn't keep it it's just too much in there Reverend Jerry there's just, there's just too much to try to figure out and Pastor Bethel there's just way too much for me to try to keep I can't do it so you did it for me and you fulfilled the old covenant and then gave me a new one. <laughs> oh, this is something about my savior he doesn't leave me hanging pastor oh he gives me a new one this new covenant in his blood and dad because of this blood I now have new DNA Ooh. You one time could identify me with how I used to act and who I used to be and where I used to go and where I used to spend my money and what I used to wear. You could identify me by the addictions and you could identify me by the, by the bondage I was in, but that was the old me. I got new DNA. I've been born again because of the blood. As we get ready to take this we don't do so irreverently. We don't do so without proper reflection right now on our own sins. And before you drink this to wash down that bitter wafer, let's confess to our Father. Not to a man, not to a priest, but to the high priest himself. 
Jesus Christ is the mediator between us and the Father. And we can confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We confess our addictions. We confess our struggles. Don't leave me on an island here. Come on, open your mouth. We confess our hypocrisy. We confess today our jealousy and envy. We confess today our our anger that has led us to sinful habits. We confess the pornography. We confess the sexual struggles. We confess the homosexuality and lesbianism. We confess the confusion of our sexual identity. We confess those moments when you told us to do good and we were apathetic and lazy. We confess today, God, those things that aren't just obvious. We confess those things that are in the bloodline that Pastor James talked about. Under the skin, we confess our sins of omission, the things I don't want to talk about, the things I try to ignore and act like they're not really there. We confess, and we ask today for the forgiveness of our sins. To truly be forgiven means I didn't just say I'm sorry. Someone lay your hands. The other hand, you can on your mind. Say, I change my mind. I, ch- I change my mind. I change my mind. And when I'm not strong enough, Pastor Barry, to overcome him by the word of my testimony, I overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. We take this now with our sins forgiven, standing here as pure vessels washed in the blood we do so tonight with thanksgiving with adoration we do so with worship we worship you God for making a way when there was no other way you sent the way the truth and the life so that every one of us could come to you father Thank you for the new covenant shed in the blood of your son. We receive it now. Do so reverently, do so worshipfully when you're ready. In Jesus' name, amen. For the blood applied. The blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, that has washed us white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved our lives. Somebody take a moment and just say, thank you, Lord, you brought me from the darkness. Come on, we who were once in darkness have now seen a glorious, marvelous light. Pastor Barry, I speak over everyone in this room. Harvest of faith. Family from Restoration, Family from Rejoice, Impact Church, I speak over you here tonight, and I speak this now in the name of Jesus. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are peculiar people. That means you are God's special possession. Ladies and gentlemen, help me show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wondrous, marvelous lights hallelujah with our hands raised with our hands raised in worship the hands raised in worship the hands raised in worship I'm gonna conclude this service but what I'm gonna do 
is I'm going to give you the after party. For those of you who've got what you need from God and you're ready to go, we love you. We honor you. I want to encourage you, show up at church on Easter Sunday, either at Harvest of Faith or Restoration or Rejoice Ministries or here at Impact. Show up ready to praise a risen Savior. But Pastor Barry, I feel this in my spirit. Family, show up ready, not only to wear your best, but to see heaven's best. Show up ready to see demons come out in Jesus' name. Show up ready to see the sick healed in Jesus' name. Show up ready to see lost family members, neighbors, co-workers saved, redeemed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pastor Bethel, can you join me just for a moment, sir? Pastor Barry, can you join me just for a moment? We're just, gonna, just stand right here, gentlemen. Stand right here. I'm going to come down and we're going to pray over everyone who needs it here tonight. Because I believe in this. And I believe there's, there's never, never a moment where I need to just, my job is just preach. And then I'll, peace out. I'm going to the back and chill. We are ministers. Ministers of this new covenant. We are. And Jesus would preach the kingdom, Pastor. And then he'd spend the rest of the time healing the sick, casting out the demons, and seeing, even putting his hands on the children and blessing them. I follow the example of my Savior. If you need prayer, I will stick around till the last person leaves. I won't make Pastor James or Pastor Bethel do that, but, but I will stick around till the last person's gotten prayer tonight. Because your Savior would do that for you. And I believe that God is trying to take us to a whole nother level of faith take us to this this greater thing the pastor was talking about here in 2023 so if you got what you need on this good friday then i'll see you on great sunday morning <laughs> amen amen but as we close this service tonight can you just help me to say thank you lord thank you for that precious blood Thank you that my soul is eternally saved, redeemed. Thank you that when the world can't figure out how to bring unity, the blood has taught us how to be one. Thank you. Thank you that when the world is going to doctors and medicines and pharmacists and doing everything they can to try to find healing, thank you for the blood Whew, that has produced healing even to this day. Dad, I'm not a cessationalist. I believe 2,000 years later, the blood still works. I believe it. I believe it still works. I believe it still works. It still works.